phase four. Whoa, wait, hold up, hold up. What is going on? Oh my gosh, Mark, Will, Will, we are talking about phase four today. Uh, I think what happened was I still had a tab open that I was playing. So, <laughs> not sloppy already. Um, phase four, what exactly is phase four? That's what we're going to be discussing tonight. Welcome to MCU Pod, a companion podcast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Grant Davis, and I'm joined once again by my good buddy, friend of the pod, and indie comics darling, Will Cardini. Hey, everybody. Will, how are things going with you? Oh, good. Definitely good. Yeah? Oh, I have some of your stuff here. I thought I'd, I'd pull up your uh, your work. Um, yeah. Tell us about yourself. Introduce this, yourself. Uh, as you said, my name is Will Cardini. I'm an indie cartoonist, mainly dabbling in psychedelic sci-fi. And this is my first graphic novel, Vortex. It stars the Mizard as he journeys onto an alien planet. And uh, like the MCU, all my comics are connected. And the Mizard and here, the Miz is the antagonist. The Floating Crystal Witch are seen battling on this cover of a collection of short comics that also takes place in the hyperverse. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think this works. I mean, you, you, uh, you know about like world building and aliens and bringing all that together for, uh, for entertainment. And I think that's a, what I think that's what the MCU is doing here with phase four. I think we're going to dive in a little bit more and try and dissect what exactly their plan might be here because, you know, we we could certainly break apart what each of the phases were, Mm. but, uh, before we get into all that, um, today, folks, Marvel released a trailer slash highlight reel slash preview video thingy, I guess. It was called Marvel Studios Celebrate the Movies, and it was a three-minute masturbatory celebration of themselves um, and the world that they've constructed over the past 13 years. It featured narration by the late Stan Lee about his vision of a world that brings people together. And it featured some never-before-seen clips from the upcoming movie Eternals, um, debuts of new titles for some upcoming films, and release dates. So, yeah, we thought, let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, But first, I'm going to do a quick little bit of house cleaning. If you are checking us out over on YouTube, we do do these episodes live. You can join us, and you can uh, say hi in the comments. Um, We are also available wherever you listen to your podcast. So if you want to go ahead and subscribe to us, you can subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash pod. Um, hit that subscribe button. You can also subscribe to us uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, uh, we should be there. Go ahead and hit, hit subscribe. Um, you can also rate and review us. It's a great way to help us out. And if you are uh, wanting to support us a little bit more, you can go to patreon.com slash mcu pod and there you can make a per episode pledge boom and if you uh or per month pledge rather give us two bucks a month five bucks a month ten bucks a month and uh you can join the defenders revengers or avengers maybe I'll, maybe i'll have to add eternals at one point to, as another category depends on if the movie's good i think we'll wait we'll wait and see if the movie's good um, but we appreciate all the support that you guys have thrown our way thus far. It's um, it's very humbling, and uh, we hope to 
do right by y'all and uh yeah provide a, a fun show talking about everything mcu so with all of that house cleaning out of the way i wanted to go ahead and um jump back to this trailer um so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to play the entire trailer, but I did want to go ahead and pull up kind of like the tail end of it and have us take a look because I think that, I think that, um, you know, we see a few little clips there and it kind of does this big swell of excitement. So here, let me, let me, this is what always gets us in like copyright trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I play these and then they're like, oh, no, you don't. Let's see, can I do full screen here? Boom. There we go. And then let's add that to the stream. All right. I love that transition back to the title screen, this uh, title card. So good. When you love something, here we go. Uh huh. Oh, little snippet. We're the ones who changed everything. Mm. What did they change? That's a good punch. I do think it's weird that that's what they decided to conclude on that uh, stomach punch that goes on there. Here's some new movies. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I was expecting that we were going to get a more full trailer for the Eternals, and maybe we are in the next day or two. But um, that's that's some real small snippets they gave us there. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe maybe a little bit frustrating, um, but I don't know. Um, I, I I think overall, I well, we should do some snap judgments. Mark, let's do some snap judgments. All right, well. Give us your, <laughs> give us your snap judgment um, on that trailer. Uh, so when I first saw the trailer, I was, you know, there's a Stanley narration, which is very cheesy, and Stanley is definitely a cornball. You know, rest in peace to him. But I also have very strong feelings about Stanley, as you well know. You love the guy, right? Well, it's a little complicated. Just, I feel like he, you know, didn't treat who in 
my mind is the real architect of the Marvel universe with as well as he should have. I'm talking about Jack Kirby, King mm-hmm. of Comics, greatest cartoonist who ever lived. And so, you know, Stanley kind of turned himself into this character, this spokesman for Marvel. And he took a credit credit for a lot of things that I feel like he shouldn't. And so it's just, you know, seeing his name over all these clips, you know, when it's so many creators were involved in coming up with these characters and these storylines definitely gives me mixed feelings. But at the same time, you know, his message, right, is good. Like he knew how to like tug your heartstrings. He's a good salesman. It's like, um, it's like uh, Steve Jobs or whatever, right? You know, they're kind of these monsters, but they're, they're great salesmen. Yes, yes, for sure. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if Marvel or the MCU would exist in the same way because he that was kind of his thing was like he really, really wanted there to be Marvel movies. And he moved to Hollywood, spent all this time talking to producers. You know, there was like a Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie that he was responsible for. I mean, mm-hmm. w- whenever I read comics from the 90s or late 80s, all the Stan soapboxes are about him trying to get the, you know, talking about all these things in production. And it's just so ironic reading those now and seeing where it's become. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's fair. So you, you think you were just kind of turned off already just hearing Stanley. Cause I know he's very dear and like near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, but I don't think a lot of people are as familiar with the back history and they just think like, you know, they 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 know the surface level. They're like Stan Lee was involved in a lot of these creations and these characters, and therefore, he's great. Right, exactly. I was in a comic book store once, and this guy was like, "Oh no, you know what are they going to do when Stan Lee passes away? Like, they where are they going to get the ideas for all the movies? Like, he thought Stan Lee <laughs> did everything." You're like, I twitching, like, no. Yeah, I was just shaking my head <laughs> in the long box. But, uh, and then, you know, The Eternals was Jack Kirby's first writer, artist, comic for Marvel, Mm -hmm. where he got credit for both of those jobs. So now that I think about it even more, it's extra ironic that they would have his quote and then new Eternals footage. Right. I mean, do you, did you think though that they might somehow, um, I mean, Jack Kirby wasn't wasn't a talker. He doesn't. They probably don't have stuff of him like like narrating all this. And no, even of course, if they did, it probably wouldn't be as eloquent or elegant to kind of pair with this. Right, and you know that's one thing that people criticize about Jack Kirby's solo stuff is that he his writing wasn't up to par. I mean, for me, you know, I I love it, but I I get that even though they're wrong, I get it. <laughs> well, um, I, I I thought you know. I understand the beef, but I thought that having his voice on there, it's immediately recognizable. There's there's something um, nostalgic about it and something that, that does kind of inspire and, you know, give, give awe to what they have managed to do, which seems like other franchises really still can't quite capture what the MCU has managed here and having all these different films and all these different stories that are able to come together and bleed apart and, and all operate individually and together as this just beautiful cohesive network uh, of, of a franchise. 
Um, DC has failed. Star Wars, I'd argue, is not handling this um, properly. Um, even the legendary uh, monsters, King of King Kong, and all that. Eh. But Marvel has been pretty consistent, and and Stanley is, you know, for better or worse, uh, the the Godfather of of Marvel. So, um, right. I, I, I liked hearing the voice. I don't have as many, many of the hangups, um, but I feel you. I feel you there. Um, so, you know, now that, now that you've, you've shot all over Sam, Sam Lee, um, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and let, let's take a look at the preview calendar for what we're actually getting. Um, I, I think some, most of these dates have now been updated here. Let me see if I can, uh, add this to the stream. So as far as, uh, well, let me, let me do the films first and in big, uh, as far as the films, we have black widow coming up July 9th, Shang Chi or Shang Chi, uh, and the legend of the 10 rings, September 3rd of this year. Eternals is going to be November 5th of this year. That's kind of surprising. I, for some reason, I thought Eternals was later. Oh, and Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be this year? Dang, we're getting four films this year. That's crazy. Next year, March 25th, we get Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. May 6th, Thor, Love and Thunder. July 8th, Black Panther, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is the brand new title they just announced today. Um Captain Marvel's sequel, Captain Marvel 2, is now called The Marvels, and it's coming out November 11th. So four, is that four? Four films next year. And then um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I'm surprised that that film is being pushed all the way to, to 2023. Me too. Um, yeah. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, May 5th, 2023. I mean, both of those, especially since, you know, the end of um the end of uh end game actually kind of concluded with us seeing uh the guardians of the galaxy and thor kind of going off into space together i would think that other film would come a little sooner but i understand that they fired james gunn and getting him back getting him to get back in the saddle and plan that while he still had obligations to suicide squad probably monkey wrenched that whole thing and pushed that down the road a little bit yeah, it would have been cool to have an entire movie where it's Thor hanging out with the Guardians and traveling around, but right. I guess that's not how it's going to be. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if we're going to see them cameo a little bit then in Thor and Thor Love and Thunder before like there's a, a split between them and Thor goes his own way again. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, and then we got a uh, Fantastic Four once again kind of popping on screen. And I want to ask you about that. How do you feel about seeing the Fantastic Four logo? Well, I'm excited about it. I feel I haven't seen the Fantastic Four movie that was done by the guy who directed Chronicle. Josh Trank. Yes. Something like that. Yes. I heard it was terrible. I mean, I haven't seen the Roger Corman either. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not up on my Fantastic Four movies, but they are one of my favorite teams. And I just would love to see the Galactus and Silver Surfer in an MCU movie and then do justice to it in a way that the second Fantastic Four, the Rise of the Silver Surfer movie was so bad. I mean, 
Galactus was a giant cloud of dust. It was the most disappointing thing I've ever seen. I think I actually cried in the movie theater. I was so disappointed. <laughs> it was awful. I remember um, just getting drunk and watching that with my roommates back in college. And we were just laughing at the whole thing. Like, what is this? It was so bad. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like Marvel will finally get to do justice to the characters. But at the same time, when I see that Fantastic Four logo, there's just part of me that cringes at all the other missteps. It's like, it's like when I see X-Men now, I'm just kind of like, man, I feel like I've been burned too many times by X-Men. Um, yeah. When the MCU started, it was like Iron Man. Why are they leading with Iron Man? You know, no one expected an Iron Man movie to be as popular as it was. Right. It, you know, back it was like X-Men, Spider-Man, and not Fantastic Four, but those were the hot Marvel properties. And then they've shown how to kind of take these lesser known characters and make them popular, it'll be interesting to see how they'll handle one of the most popular Marvel comics that has kind of fallen into, uh, it's just not the same as it was. This this title was canceled for a long time, pretty recently. You know what I don't see on here is Blade with uh, Mahershala Ali. I I thought thought that was a TV show. Oh, is it? I think it's a TV show. Let me check the, is, is Blade on here? So here, here's our list of the upcoming shows. We are we already covered WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, next is going to be Loki, June 11th. Um, then What If is gonna, coming in the summer, followed by Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is just Star Wars trolling right there, um, Secret Invasion, Ironheart, Armor Wars, and an untitled Wakanda series. And still, Blade, nowhere to be seen. So I don't know what happened to that project, and I hope it's not dead. So when I saw it, it was, I saw a list on Rotten Tomatoes today, and it was kind of like above Secret Invasion. Well, the list I saw didn't have Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Hmm. It had Blade, Secret Invasion, and I don't know. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, So I'm, I'm hoping that we... You know, we, we still get Blade as well. Um, let's go ahead and uh, dive in and talk about what we did see in this um, trailer then, starting with the Eternals clips, because we uh, we get to see just a little bit of this this cast of of people here, the, the Eternals, who I, I had to read about this because I, it's been a while since I remembered... Um, I think I read like this comic that ran in like 2002, 2003 came out like a, a new version of the Eternals where it kind of updates you on them. Do you remember that? It was Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr. Was that was like a, a dreaming celestial in San Francisco that was causing havoc. It was, I, I don't really recall what happened in it and I felt kind of confused. And then I was like, I don't really, I'm not as familiar with the Eternals. Um, but we see a few clips. We see Angelina Jolie here with her sweet um, Lord of the Rings looking elven golden sword here. And then we see um, a picture of the upcoming movie Dune, I think, with Timmy Shelton. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much water. <laughs> too much water for Dune. Yeah. Uh, and then we see um, w- w- the oldest Stark brother 
and uh, squad here hanging out in the forest wearing some nice fitted t-shirt. Uh, and that's that's kind of it. There's like one other sequence where we see like them kind of doing the the forming up in a line, and you see some little speedster eternal like run up to the rest of the crew, but it was tiny. I couldn't really see everything that was going on. Um, what do you think? I, I would like to point out that other Will, Will Morris, corrected me, and Blade is supposed to be a movie. So I got that one wrong. Oh, Just want to give him credit for the fact check there. I appreciate it. Fellow Wills. Yeah, Will Solidarity. But <laughs> I'm definitely excited about the Eternals. Did you see Nomad Land? Huh. So Chloe Zhao, who is directing the Eternals, directed that and it won a bunch of Academy Awards. And I just can't see how she's like pivoting from that to this. Like it just doesn't make, I mean, the the content of that movie, you know, it's like about these people who uh, live out of their RVs and they're kind of like the forgotten part of society, just like working temp jobs and stuff. And it's so realistic and like, so it really gets you. I mean, it's so moving and depressing. And it's hard to see how, I mean, I'm sure she can do other tones, right? Mm. But um, it'll be interesting to see how she transitions into a Marvel movie. And I wonder, you know, with her Academy Awards and all that, if, you know, she'll be able to kind of put her own unique stamp on it where there are some things in Marvel movies that can feel a little like the same from one to another, which is like a, I feel like a pro Anacon. Yeah. So I'm definitely interested to see what she does. And the cast looks good, too. I mean, Kamal Nanjiani, I loved him. He was so funny in Silicon Valley. But then he also, there's that movie, um, The Big Sick. Yeah. That he did. And that just showed a whole other side to his acting. So I, I'm really excited to see him. And I hope he's kind of prominent in it. And, yeah, and, I, as, and as far as... Marvel stuff. The Celestials are some of my favorite Jack Kirby creations. And I'm really hoping that we see them in action on the big screen. I mean, those are like the most epic pages in comic books are Celestials. Uh, I mean, anyone who's seen Jack Kirby art is it's just, it's incredible. Um, I, I think that Thor Ragnarok had such a good homage to, to Jack Kirbyism. Um I, I hope that the Eternals kind of borrows a little bit off of that aesthetic, but based on the four or three scenes that we've seen from the upcoming film, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's going to do that. Uh, let's see. I, I pulled up on Wikipedia, like their little write up of the Eternals here and what the, the premise is. It says after an unexpected tragedy following the events of Avengers Endgame. The Eternals, an immortal race of aliens created by the Celestials who have secretly lived on Earth for over 7,000 years, reunite to protect humanity from their evil counterparts, the Deviants. Which, I mean, if your name's the Deviants, you have to be a bad guy. <laughs> Maybe do some rebranding. Yeah. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Maybe don't call yourself that if you want to be sympathized by um, So. They have been around for 7,000 years and they saw everything going down with Ultron, with Loki, with Thanos. And they're just like, eh, we'll sit these out. 
they felt that confident? What do you think of that? I think that's a little shady. Well, it's kind of similar to how they were introduced in the comic because you have in the comics you have mutants, you have inhumans, right? Two different, like I don't know what the correct term is, but um, you know, different subspecies or whatever, yeah. you know, of humans living alongside us in secret, and now we're finding out. And then here, Jack Kirby comes in the '70s, and he's like, "I don't want to mess with any of that stuff. I'm going to bring up a, thir- a third and a fourth one." The Eternals and the Deviants. You know, I mean, it gets a little ridiculous. Like, how many secret societies can be living on Earth at one point? Right. Before things get a little crowded. Now, there aren't inhumans in the MCU, right? I mean, there's a TV show, but those is that I mean, canon? I feel like maybe we can kind of ignore it for now. It I mean, this is kind of, you know, we're gonna get to this a little bit um with what they're planning to do with um phase four. But it does seem like maybe they're maybe they're getting too crowded and they're going to um, lean on the multiverse to allow them to explore different channels, not in the same universe. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I, I I remember seeing that part and I was like, well, that that the that they just were hiding out during Endgame, and I was like, could Th- does Thanos is infinity stones would those have allowed him to wipe out the eternals or or do they exist outside of the um the realm of what the infinity stones can affect since they are beings created by the celestials if you want to go to the comics to answer that question right because that's the only authority we can turn to at this point the interesting thing about that question is that thanos himself is an eternal from the moon of Saturn Titan. And the idea is that but but Wait, who Thanos is kind of, an eternal? He he's a son of an eternal and it's like the question is is he you know a deviant or is he an eternal? And he's kind of got that like you know I was raised by eternals but you know kind of treated as another the whole time. So it's kind of got that wounded childhood thing going on. Right. Well, then what does that make? Um, what does that make Star-Lord then? Because he's the son of a celestial, if I'm correct, right? That, and yes. The the living planet, his dad is a celestial. And therefore, he's he should be a lot more powerful than he even recognized. Although it seemed like in the second movie, he gave up that ability. But can he really? Do you think he, he can really give that up or he probably still holds on to something that maybe is dormant and will come back? I think that they, you know, they kind of in the first movie, right? That's kind of the end. It's like he's stronger than you would think. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember the part about him giving it up in the second movie. But yeah, I could definitely see him still having some of that power because, you don't. they probably want to bring that back. You don't want to keep someone depowered forever. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's always funny that he just kind of he he's quick and has a bunch of gadgets and just kind of like throws stuff around and has a little jetpack, and uh, <laughs> he, he, that's cute and all. But uh, Thor's gonna murder you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like mm, I don't know. Um, yeah. So let's jump over to talking about uh Wakanda forever. Then um, Black Panther now has the new official title here, and uh, we have a little title card. 
for Wakanda Forever. And, you know, we all are aware that Chadwick Boseman tragically died. He was battling uh, cancer secretly for a while and died. And that has kind of thrown a little bit of a, a monkey wrench into the upcoming project for Wakanda Forever. As far as like, you know, where do they go with um, the cowl, I guess? <laughs> um, like, where will that kind of get passed off? Who will be the next Black Panther? And... I'm wondering if, um, I mean, would it be Shuri? Would would Latisha Wright step up? What do you think? I I think that would be very cool to see. I would hope they would kind of go with an established character and explore that. I was kind of in, I was reading about the production of this, and apparently there was only like a two month delay. So I don't know what. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of movie production, right? But right, it makes me wonder if they what their plans were for this movie. I mean, that's that's quite a quick, you know, um, adjustment to make. And I feel like wasn't there some controversy that recently happened with Letitia Ray where I was like, oh no, like they're leaning on you to uh, potentially take over the franchise and. I feel like she was like being like really anti-mask and anti or saying transphobic. Oh, wait here. Um, I'm going to read about it in December, 2020. uh, She received backlash over um, sending uh, some videos where she was questioning uh, COVID-19 vaccine. And she was skeptical on climate change, accusing China of spreading COVID-19 and making transphobic comments. Oh man. She was hitting a, a whole bunch of them. That's, I was going to say trifecta, but I think that's a quadfecta right there. It's too many. It's too many. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure they're like, what are you doing? We're trying to pass a bridge and shut up. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah, so I hadn't heard, you know, um, what uh, what was going on after that. Subsequently, she quit social media. That's what it says. Um but it, it'll be interesting if that just kind of gets forgotten or if there's kind of a resurgence of, hey, do you remember how she said all that once um, it, once the next trailer kind of comes out or this movie comes back? There is. I feel like Disney has a limit, you know, because there was a I think her name is Gina Carano mm-hmm. who played. Um, I can't remember her character's name in The Mandalorian. Right. And they they basically fired her for similar statements on social media. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Mar says, uh, yeah, she was anti-vax and now she's anti-speaking. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, there's, it's kind of disappointing to find that there's already this, this potential problem there. I mean, I would, I would just say like, why not? Um, Cara Dune was the name of the character, by right. the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, I would think like, you know, that did come out. That was a problem. And maybe she should try and get ahead of that or they should all try and get ahead of that and come back out and say, you know what? I, I th- thought about it and I apologize. I, I was in the wrong. And, I, you know, doing that, wouldn't. I, I feel like they, they try to like sweep stuff under the rug and then hope people will forget and people won't forget. <laughs> so it's better to try and make amends. Yeah, people keep receipts these days. Yep. Uh, okay, and then the next exciting one was 
us learning about um, the Marvels, which is going to be the the renamed uh, version for Captain Marvel Two. And what's exciting about this is it's not only going to be um, Captain Mar Marvel; it's going to be also uh, Photon, aka Monica Rambeau, and Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel. It seems like all three of them are going to be teaming up in this movie. And that sounds super badass to me. Definitely. Because I guess this will come out after Miss Marvel. Am I right on the the timeline there? Miss Marvel TV series late 2021. Mm -hmm. And then this is um yeah, November 2022. So for, definitely. Yeah. So uh, you know the work they already did to, they already put in for Monica Rambo's character, I think. Most people are super excited to see her in the movie now because of how they gave this kind of origin story and established how she has powers. I wonder if they're they're going to feel like they need to retread that a little bit in the movie to establish to the non-TV show watching audience how she got her powers. But maybe not. Maybe it'll be like, yeah, go watch the show. Um, But the fact that they're going to have Kamala Khan in there as well. That's just going to be a lot of fun because uh, in, in the comics, she's pretty adorable and, you know, good hearted and just a, a big fan girl of, of, of Captain Marvel and uh, to see her kind of interacting could be cool. I would, I did want to ask you, it looks like the villain is a Michael Korvac. Are you familiar with Michael Korvac? Yes, he was originally a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, villain. There was like the Guardians of the Galaxy were introduced in, a, in an Avengers storyline where like Michael Korvac is in the future and he's got Power Cosmic or whatever. And then he's wrecking havoc in the past. And the Guardians of the Galaxy chase him to the past where they meet today's Avengers and then they fight, you know, and... Mm -hmm. uh, there's a sequel too. I think the first one was called Korvac Quest, and the sequel was called Korvac Saga, and that was only in annuals. And I recently reread the that the second one. I haven't read the first one, so I think he could be good. Yeah, you know the the little write up I found for Michael Korvac is Korvac is a cybernetically enhanced human who attempts to use the power cosmic to reshape the world as he sees fit, which, you know, sounds a little bit kind of like what Thanos was doing as well. And anyone who has, you know, cosmic powers, just reshape the world how you want it. Um, but initially when they were looking to do casting, I was reading that um, they put out that they want a, an either a Michael B. Jordan type or a Timothy Chalamet type mm. um, for the character. But then ultimately they decided to go a gender bending route and they cast actress Zawe Ashton. Um, I'm not familiar with some of the other uh, projects she's worked on, but um, I guess she's going to be playing Michael Korvac. And it reminds me that uh, Michael is becoming a popular uh, sci-fi uh, woman's name now, like with uh, Michael. Um, ah, shit, now I'm forgetting the name. Michael from uh, Star Trek Discovery. I haven't seen it. Ah. I've only seen the first. I know. I need to see it. It's great. I don't know. Yeah, I want to see it. I think that's interesting. Well, I, in the comics, it's like Michael Korvac's like super 
beautiful and or handsome or whatever, and that's part of it. Um, and power cosmic is exciting because power cosmic is traditionally a power that Galactus bestows upon his heralds. Michael Burnham. Thank you, Takako. Michael Burnham. Jeez. She's got our back. We don't even have to do any research. <laughs> just like, you know, that one person, she's like, oh, yeah. I should just Appreciate send out it. invites and have you guys just come join us and like shoot the shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I think that looking at the, the two announcements for those films, you know, we, we also have we have like little title cards for some of the other upcoming projects. I think there's uh let's see what we got here. Um, we have Thor love and thunder, which looks like some eighties, uh, swords and sandals kind of, um, fun hokiness that they're going to play around with. Um, then we have Dr. Strange. We have Eternals, Wakanda forever. There's Spider-Man no way home. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I one of my favorite MCU films was Spider-Man um, Homecoming. I loved it. I love Michael Keaton. I thought he was one of the best villains that we've seen because he, it was like kind of like really relatable, like blue collar villain that like, you know, was being screwed over over like multiple times by people like Tony Stark and then just said, you know what? I'm going to rob you and uh, <laughs> I'm going to start selling that stuff on the black market. And I found it kind of relatable and I liked that movie a lot. And then the second movie, it was okay. It just kind of felt a little sloppy and didn't have as as seamless like a, a an arc to it. So I'm not sure how I feel about the third film in this franchise, especially since a lot of the rumors are that it it it's almost going to kind of be a retread of of uh, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. I really feel like they should have gone. I I'm hoping that. From the casting, it sounds like they are going that direction, which is just so disappointing because, you know, you already have that movie and it's perfect. Why make it again in the MCU? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seems lazy. For sure. I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, Yeah. And then, you know, Fantastic Four. I don't know. It's going to be so far away that I can't even like get my hopes up about particular casting anymore. Like, yeah, everyone wants to be like, oh, it's got to be John Krasinski. But John Krasinski is going to be like 80 years old by the time they finally get around to making this. Probably not. I don't know. Um, yeah. And so I, I guess, you know, the, the next thing I want to discuss with you is what is phase four? Like, if, if we take a look at what each of the phases were for the MCU. Phase one. How would you describe phase one? It's just like, you know, setting up the plot. Like we meet all these heroes. We kind of like learn the world. It's like the, the world building setup. Origin of like the, the three biggest characters. I mean, I guess fourth, if you want to include that Hulk was technically in there, but uh, yeah, you get Captain America, you get Iron Man, you even get Iron Man two, I think in phase one. And then you also get um, Thor and Hulk. And then you get them all coming together for Avengers. And so they, you know, establish all the, these big characters, establish what this world is and that it needs someone to protect them. And then uh, that that's kind of the initial arc of phase one. Phase one is we have to 
take very rudimentary steps to try and build up what this world is. And take note, DC, you don't just jump in with a bad guy and then try and introduce all the characters all in the same movie. It makes it sloppy. Um, they were they took their time and made each character special, make us care about them. And then they didn't have to spend as much time, you know, filling in and developing those characters in the movie, in the final Avengers movie itself. There we already knew about them. Um, phase two. What would you say there? It's kind of like, um, you know, you. It's kind of like the first conflict, and you see things kind of like get to this this lower point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, things kind of start crumbling. I guess you know, it, it ultimately culminates in um, in Age of Ultron. I guess I, it almost kind of has this little bit of like a a Watchmen vibe of like you know we're putting trust in these heroes, but like where is their accountability? And I think civil war actually is civil war technically phase three. I think it's phase three. Yeah. I'm not sure. But it civil war seems almost more emblematic of, of phase two. And that, you know, we, we, we establish these initial characters. We start having it like the world explode a little bit more, but everything culminates in, there's a problem with uh, accountability with some of these characters. And yeah, um, Tony Stark creates Ultron and that is pretty much a a catalyst for a lot of things breaking. It it fractures the group and, and trust it forms new um, villains, including Zemo who ultimately are able to uh, capitalize on that and, and break the group entirely. And phase three is, Phase three kind of does a couple things. It it suddenly introduces magic, um, which I guess you could argue uh, Thor had already kind of introduced this idea of magic a little bit, but it introduces magic and aliens a little bit more um, on a grander scale, and then breaks apart the band, only to have a um, a universe a universal threat. Um, bring everyone back together for the most epic battle thus far and i don't i don't think they'll ever eclipse it i i would be surprised if they could ever eclipse what endgame did that that was so amazing just seeing all these characters come together you know face this huge threat and then lose i mean right it, it was so good and just you know, Thanos is such a like larger if they just than life. Ended on Infinity War and never did Endgame. Man, it would have been great. I mean, I've been like, yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos is the hero, and he won. Yeah, Th- Thanos was kind of the hero of a lot of Phase Three, you, you or the protagonist of it, right? Like, you know, especially Infinity War. But it seems like you know, behind the scenes, you see the machinations of. Um, I, I guess that's the other thing. Like we had through the course of all those films in the background, they were threading through these infinity stones. And that was going to be this element that built up to the end of phase three phase four. We have, it looks like they're going to be exploring the multiverse and weird magic. And maybe King the conqueror is going to be established as, as a big bad, but I don't know if we're seeing something that is like these puzzle pieces being threaded together, like the infinity stones in the previous films. 
Do you think that we have those kind of elements still being interspersed? I haven't seen anything that seems like that to me. You know, I could see we have WandaVision, right? And like the chaos magic. And then she's going to be in the Doctor Strange movie. Like maybe there'll be something involving that. But I would be disappointed if there was another kind of magical object or cosmic object that was served the same function. Right. I mean, they, they can't go back to it. You know, they did it. Now they have to figure something else out. And I think I have, I can't see where they're going to where it'll feel as cohesive and end with the same kind of some summation of it that brings it all together. Who is a, who, who's King the Conqueror? I'm not as familiar with this character. He's a time traveler. He, you know, messes with the time stream, goes back and forth. So he, I think his face is blue and he mm-hmm. wears like a purple robe or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're going to have um, the lead actor from uh, the Lovecraft country. I think he's going to be playing King the Conqueror, which is exciting. nice. He's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, so is, is, do you think the idea is that when, Tony Stark helped them figure out how to effectively um, time travel that he pretty much opened up earth to a new threat of, of King the Conqueror that like he disrupted something and now King's going to come in. Or King's going to come in, create all these other, you know, split divergent timelines by coming back and changing things in the past. And then you have now all these multiverses multiplying there was a storyline uh, called the Illuminati that mm-hmm. kind of ran through some Avengers books and basically Black Panther, Dr. Strange, Iron Man, and two other people, uh, Mr. Fantastic. They kind of, there's this threat where like there were so many multiverses and so many other earths that somehow they were threatening to destroy each other. And they were like, going in and uh, doing something to like, basically like pop those multiverse bubbles and like destroy entire universes because they were going to like crowd out the main earth timeline. So they're just like destroying other universes. Yeah. It's pretty messed up, but uh, (laughs) wow. I I had, I didn't thought about that in the connection with this, but if you have the idea that anytime you change the past, you create a new, a new, multiverse a new universe in the multiverse and then you have a time traveling super villain right i mean it could just um the problems could multiply exponentially yeah i wonder if um you know loki seems like it's it's going to potentially explore a little bit of that with their um their time time police <laughs> that they're going through and trying to uh, correct a lot of these issues um and I, that's got to play a little bit into, you know, them jumping around to try and fix their problems. Anytime you're you're traveling through time to fix your own personal problems, you're probably creating a bunch of other problems for other people in other streams. And uh, yeah, that, that, that wasn't their concern. They're like, we're looking out for us. Um, I wonder how that's that's going to be addressed. You know, because once again, I'm going to pull this back up. This is our list of films. Black Widow, we could probably um, go ahead and ignore 
as far as how much is going to have like um, play into the the bigger theme of Phase Four. This is a little bit more of a a flashback movie to probably pay a little bit better tribute to the the first female uh, Marvel hero that they just kind of killed off ultimately. Um, and then the the um, and Shang Chi with the Legend of the Ten Rings. I guess it might go into a little bit more of magic stuff kind of playing off of like dr strange a little bit um the eternals is gonna dive back into more space and and cosmic powers um spider-man's just gonna be another little low-level street thing i would no, well no it's probably gonna it might do multiverse stuff that's what we're not sure of Mm -hmm. spider-man very well did you hear the theory about like it could potentially be um uh craven the hunter but Craven the Hunter is um, a time jumper or international mm. traveler. And so he's going through and trying to kill all the Spider-Men of every universe. There was a different villain who did that. There was a whole comic crossover called Spider-Verse. And there was like a whole family of basically psychic vampires who fed on spider people. Wow. Um. And then, yeah, Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder, I, I feel is going to be kind of just a little bit campy fun. Um, Black Panther is probably going to be relatively uh, insular as well, like Spider-Man. Well, maybe not. Maybe Spider-Man's not going to be. Um, the Marvels might deal with space, but with Kamala Khan, maybe it'll be a little bit more just Earth-grounded. And it isn't really until Ant-Man Quantumania that we're going to get into probably some weird quantum universe and and time jumping stuff. Guardians 3 is probably going to be another little family story. And then Fantastic Four, I wonder if it's going to be the birth of everything. or They haven't put an Avengers type um, um punctuation mark um to end what is phase four i guess i don't know what what which of these films is supposed to be the end of it and then you have secret invasion which like civil war right was a big crossover in the comics and it, it, if it is a invasion of shape-shifting scrolls replacing people like it was in the comics i mean that could impact every movie right yeah i mean that's like a reviewers <laughs> saying yeah at this point it's confirmed no way home isn't going to be a small street level movie and that's right. I mean, if they're bringing in Alfred Molina and Tobey Maguire and all those people, no, it's going to be something much bigger and probably weirder. Um, I don't know. I, I like what Will Morris is saying that Kang, Kang's got to be in Loki Vision. Mm, Could, that might know, be I mean, that'd be the him. yeah, that'd be the perfect place to introduce him. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I. I guess I'm just a little bit confused. I don't see the I don't see the cohesive scale of I at least personally liked how they were chunking this into phases and everything felt of a complete section, a complete phase or segment. And now after the events of of Endgame, with all the TV shows coming out, with all this list of movies that are coming out, it, it feels big. <laughs> it feels like like it's just exploding, 
and I I don't know how to um, classify and categorize everything into a nice little package anymore. It's sprawling for sure. And maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe I should just shut up and enjoy everything. But I liked I liked the the packaging and the categorization. What what are you, do you have any other uh, final thoughts on? phase four or this trailer or the eternals or what we have in store i think that of all the movies that are coming out probably the one i'm the most excited about is thor love and thunder just because i loved ragnarok so much mm. and the um this yeah so i'm looking forward to that that's like the known quantity that i'm like this is going to be my shit yeah i, I think um taika waititi's sensibilities really just worked for me as well. And that that beautiful, strange blend of 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 silly playfulness and and really kick ass action scenes. I'm like, okay, yeah, give me some more of that. Um I don't know. Uh Quantumania sounds like it might finally capture an Ant Man movie that I'm I'd be excited about. You don't like Ant Man? I think it's okay. Ant-Man Ant-Man seemed like so small <sighs> potatoes and then Ant-Man and the Wasp was not as good. Grant, this might be the end. I might not be able to appear on this podcast anymore. <laughs> I mean, Paul, I, I live I live in Kansas City. Paul Rudd is a hometown hero. How dare you besmirch his name? Wow. Yeah. Wow, Will, I am sorry. Yeah. All right. Um, I take it back. It's my favorite of the MCU movies. Yes. Yeah, I'm a sellout. Look at that. Please come back. <laughs> uh, I think we'll go ahead and end things there. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, I know that we uncharacteristically did this again on a Monday night instead of Friday. But I'm not going to be able to uh, do this on Friday this week. Hopefully uh, next week I'll be able to get back into the regular group of Friday night, night podcasting MCU. But, uh, you know, um, I was glad that you were able to join us, Will. And I want to say, uh, yeah, um, where can people find you? They can find me at hypercastle.com or on Twitter and Instagram at William Cardini. And thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. Yeah. Um, you guys can follow us at MCU pod. You can like us uh, or you subscribe to us at youtube.com slash MCU pod. And stay tuned because, um, you know, Loki is right around the corner. It's going to be here june 11th we're excited for that but until then we're just going to be kind of discussing what else is going on in the mcu verse and we are uh yeah keeping it loose keeping it loose loose hang loose hang until next time mcu later peace what is love baby don't hurt me don't hurt